Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2021 Netflix movie, The Mitchells vs. the Machines. I always forget the thus in that title. Just right. Mitchells versus the Machines. And Mitchells versus <laughs> Machines is how I kept titling it too, and yeah. then not finding it and then having <laughs> issues. Right. My name is Sarah, and I am the mom of a seven and a half year old boy. And I am Briar Harvey. I am the mom of an adult and an 11 year old and a five year old. Um, they all like this movie. Yeah. Like my... universally. Everyone who I have watched this movie with, even my husband, who does not generally appreciate my kids' movie habit, yeah, enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it's it was a hit in our house, too. Um, it was probably the last and most recent movie that my son watched, like, endlessly. We haven't had a lot of those lately, so... No, they grow out of it at a certain age, and this podcast is now three years old, mm-hmm. and so neither one of us really have a child who mm-hmm. is deeply addicted to... Rewatching movies. movies, yeah. Rewatching the movies, but... Yeah. Indeed. This one hit. We we watched this a bunch of times. Like, it got to a point where he would be like, can we watch this movie? And I'd be like, I'm not watching this movie with you anymore. I'm sick of this I'm movie. kind of done with this one, but... <laughs> so this movie, um, we've, I've, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch of times at this point because it keeps coming up when we talk about 2021 Academy Awards uh-huh. and who won and who should have won. And I'm, this movie should have won the Academy Award that, that year. So it's the hill I will die on. The nominees for this year's Academy Awards were what? Uh, I believe it lost to Encanto. Of course it did. Yeah. We're talking about that next time. <laughs> um, it was up against. Encanto, Flea, which I can't remember. I believe we've brought it up before, but I uh-huh. think, yeah, it's an adult animation. Uh-huh. It's not geared towards kids. Luca and Raya and the Dragon. Okay. So we've continually brought this up. So we've, because this is now the <laughs> third one of those movies that yeah. we will have reviewed. The fourth we're getting to later. Luca was good, but lacked music. No, I'm not it was really... never, yeah, it was it, never a contender. It was not a contender. <laughs> uh, Raya was also g- just good. It yeah. was It was good, but it was not spectacular, mm-hmm. I didn't think. So we will talk about Encanto. I know why it won. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a genuinely quality family film Mm -hmm. that has the right kind of message, Mm -hmm. this movie. Yeah. This movie should have won. Yeah, I agree. Um, So this was a Sony Pictures animation, Mm -hmm. um, which is also Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And Mike Rianda, who you might well know from Gravity Falls. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, which I, do. I think is probably one of the more spectacular kids animated shows mm -hmm. too. Like I oh, would. And... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I would I would rank Gravity Falls pretty high up mm -hmm. the list of of animated shows that I like that when yeah. my kids watch. So, yeah. yes, I would agree. Um, also, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Okay, is that him or that is um, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller? Mm -hmm who did Spider-Man and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Okay. So it, it, it's kind of this really glorious collaboration between these three guys and mm -hmm. the work that they did here on this film, which, again, hate to break it to you, you'll probably never quite see another like it, at least not on Netflix. I'm hoping that between the success of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and this movie that things like this continue to get made because I think I think saying that the Mitchells versus the Machines should have won the Academy Award that year is a pretty popular opinion. I, I know I'm not the only one who mm -hmm. said it. Um, I think in people's hearts, <laughs> this was the winner. Um, so I really do hope that that means that it will mean more of this kind of production for that studio well we can hope from sony because mm -hmm. i think they might actually still have a little bit of cash mm -hmm. i know no, that they're in production for the sequel to into the spider-verse aren't they i i believe that's what they're currently doing right now the animation studio mm -hmm. is doing right now so we can have hopes. I, it's 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 a rough road right now in TV and film, and it's gonna be dire in the next couple of years when nobody wants to spend any money on anything except mm -hmm. for Lord of the Rings and Marvel. But you know, we can save that diatribe for another day. <laughs> um, were did you know what you were getting into when you had first watched this movie? No, I had no idea. Because you had talked about it. Yeah. We had talked about it several times mm -hmm. when you watched it during the pandemic, when mm -hmm. it was all kind of, this movie was popular, and somehow I missed it. Mm -hmm. And finally started, I watched it for the first time, the, I don't know, first time we were trying to record this episode, I mm -hmm. think, which has now been several months ago. <laughs> no. No, this is this is why we record and prepare so far in advance, y'all. Sometimes mm -hmm. summer is a shit show. But I have since watched it several times because it really is... There are so few films for children that display a family mm -hmm. in such a really realistic way yeah um when i was watching this movie it especially the beginning anything that was taking place like in their house before they like really hit the road it right. reminded me so much of the sitcom the middle because like oh, yeah you know like or uh, um roseanne you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like it actually like people live in houses like this mm -hmm. you know people don't live in houses like uh 
Modern Family. Like, I don't know anybody who lives in a house, like, any of the people in Modern Family. And they did a really good job. I mean, the the, the sneakers mm-hmm. over the wires, there were just so many high-quality things mm-hmm. throughout the introduction of the film, which allowed this to be, like, I guess... The every family is what mm-hmm. we'll call it, right? Because yeah. this is the every family. This could be any family. Mm-hmm. They are certainly not the posies. Right. And so <laughs> you're allowed to, like, relationship, relationally put yourself into these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because either you know these people from your own family or you knew people like this. Or you knew people like this or perhaps you were these people. We were these people. Right. Or perhaps you (laughs) were these people. Like literally when my, when I started dating my husband, we were in college and my mom came out to visit us one time and she was driving this minivan that (laughs) something, it was ancient. It was an ancient minivan. And the back wiper, something had gone on it. And so <laughs> the motor would just always run. Oh like the wiper, I don't, I don't think the wiper was on it anymore. But the motor was always like, like all the time. <laughs> and so like one of the first things my husband did when he met my mom was he pulled the fuse and stopped the motor from running. And it was like, couldn't have had a better setup for him. Like, he immediately came into the relationship as a hero. Oh, yeah. Your mom (laughs) loved him forever after that. I'm sure. That's amazing. That's so amazing. We talk about it all the time. Like, we literally just talked about it. Last night, we watched this stupid movie on Netflix, Me Time, with, uh, um, Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg it's terrible but there's a terrible van in that movie too and so like it comes up all the time but anyways yeah I mean we I was these people (laughs) I particularly appreciated how you could potentially see some neurodivergence in Mm -hmm. this family especially in Aaron who is Mm -hmm. very probably autistic yeah yeah But like, and, but not presented in like, he's not necessarily the butt of the joke. No, it was not, his, his role in the family was not diminished Mm -hmm. in any way. His relationship with his sister was Mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I I really liked the relation, the relationship between Aaron and Katie. The Mm -hmm. dog is (laughs) absolutely amazing. And um, and I think that like that's becoming a theme in the movies that we've enjoyed lately uh-huh. is that they're they're presenting a more realistic relationship between siblings and not uh-huh. always a contentious relationship between uh-huh. siblings. Like that's not the default, and stupid dad's not the default. And stupid like, dad, like Rick Mitchell, yeah, is not a stupid man. No. He is a man who certainly has his singular interests. Right, right. Probably also neurodivergent. <laughs> uh, what is it? He gives everybody a screwdriver? I yeah, he that. gives everybody a number three <laughs> Phillips screwdriver. Like, 
there's just so some there's something so it's the subreddit oddly specific about <laughs> that right it's, yeah it's it's amazing yep um so as far as the cast goes it took like way too long when we rewatched this for um, my husband and I to realize that Rick is Danny McBride mm. it's just not a normal role for him mm-hmm. and we are saying that this is probably the most serious role he's ever played <laughs> right like I mean can you think of a more serious role for Danny McBride no no we do have Maya Rudolph as Linda Mitchell which I thought was in in a similar vein perhaps one of Maya's more serious roles honestly like Abby Jacobson as Katie Mitchell was really great and we talked about Mike Rianda as Aaron Mitchell and this is apparently his family like he's talked about it I read Mm -hmm. in the interview this was his family so (laughs) I think that's why it rings so so true Mm -hmm. this was a real family and this is his imagination of imaginings of what what his family would have been like in the robot apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And really, so say we all. Yeah. I And I loved the two robots. Oh, man. What were their names? So that Deborah would... Deborah Bot 5000. Yes. And Eric. And Eric. <laughs> Fred Armisen and Beck Bennett. And yeah, like they got, I think what they did is they hired a bunch of comedians to play straight men really is, is, is how this worked and Mm -hmm. it worked out so well. Mm -hmm. It really, really did. And I even John Legend and Chrissy Teigen as the Mm -hmm. posies I, I did appreciate their ability to poke fun at themselves right. as the perfect family, because yeah. God knows they certainly are on Instagram, right? right? Right, yeah, that seemed very on the nose, but in obviously an appropriate way. Um, or uh, uh, not appropriate. <laughs> uh, they definitely did it on purpose. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm trying to Very, very (laughs) deliberate. And I really, I did not have any complaints with the casting or who played what. It was Mm -hmm. really, really solid. Mm -hmm. Really solid. So, let's talk, I don't know, I mean... We don't need to really go through this movie. I did definitely, I think the highlight, the, the, the laughing out loud for me comes every time when they walk in and Rick Mitchell says, it's like a Journey album cover. So... Oh, and the Furbies. I did yeah. also. Did you have to explain? Oh yes. Yeah. So did I we. did have to explain <laughs> Furbies to my children, and I'm almost feeling like that was deliberate. Oh, I'm right? sure. Yeah. Like, like that. There was there was a built-in bonding moment yeah. in this film for parents to pause it because it never was 
theater released. It's always mm-hmm. Netflix. So you could pause it and go, yeah. let me well, tell you, children, about the Furbies yeah. and how terrifying they were. Yeah. It must have been some kind of theater release, though, in order to be eligible for Well, yeah, right. But, but like, a, you know, played in one theater for a weekend. And, and that's what Netflix does. Yeah. Is that they, usually Hollywood theater, usually for a week, mm-hmm. they red carpet premiere it, and that's enough to, I, I mean, but I don't know what they did, because again, it was the pandemic. Well, it was April 2021. So, they had to run it for a weekend, but nobody was really seeing right. movies yet then. And I think we've talked about this. The numbers are bad. We are recording this episode at the beginning of September. And the summer returns are in. And you're never going to get to go and see a movie in a theater that's not like Top Gun 2 or Marvel ever again. It's just... Okay, so the movie was originally due to be released on January 10th, 2020, but then got delayed. Mm-hmm. So that was a pre-COVID delay. because That was a pre-COVID delay, yeah. right. And so that original delay was supposed to bump it to September 18th of 2020, and then it got moved to October 23rd of 2020, and then it was removed from the release schedule, and it was set to be released in 2020, but nobody did. And then... Netflix bought it in January of 2021. Oh, now that's an interesting turn of events. So this wasn't originally designed to be a Netflix film. This Uh was always going to be a Sony production. Yeah. And they sold it to Netflix Mm -hmm. because it meant that they might be able to recoup some costs off of it right so netflix bought it for 110 million and it did receive a one week release prior to being debuted on netflix the week before and the original budget was 50 to 100 million i'm reading so sony actually made money on this in the middle of the pandemic Mm -hmm. which is pretty wild to be perfectly honest yeah Um, Well done, Sony. Fair play to them. (laughs) And I mean, not bad for Netflix either. No. People have only said positive things about this movie. So, the way Netflix numbers works are mysterious and (laughs) algorithmically based. Mm -hmm. But what we know is that they consider their successes based on the number of completions okay and rewatches well they got a bunch from me right <laughs> and for the kids division in particular mm-hmm. they also unlike so sandman just came out and it did very well for the first several weeks and as we were rolling towards the end of the month, there were pleas from Neil Gaiman and the production team, go back and make sure you tell all your friends, because we need the overall monthly totals to be able to guarantee a second season, which um, don't get your hopes up, y'all. I didn't like it. 
<laughs> I oh, didn't I like it. it was beautiful. I, I love was... Neil Gaiman. Um, have you read I, the Sandman? I have not read Sandman, but I have read a bunch of his other stuff, and I did not like it. <laughs> and I think you got to read these in particular because they are very, very dark. This was a I know, very I get that. accurate retelling. Yeah, that's fine. I get that. I didn't like it. I didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like it. Then it's perhaps <laughs> the story you didn't like, because as as a as a no, I like the idea of the story. Production. <laughs> this was fairly flawlessly executed. To be really, really Meh. honest with you. So <laughs> that said, and you're not the only person that I've heard that opinion from, particularly mm-hmm. people who have not read the comic Mm -hmm. because without that tie to it there's but that shouldn't be necessary that's correct in (laughs) in a good adaptation it should not be Mm -hmm. necessary so we'll see Mm -hmm. what i know is that warner brothers is still 56 billion dollars in debt right now yeah and the sandman was an incredibly expensive production Mm -hmm. and i would not get my hopes up for a second season Mm -hmm. that said with the kids side Netflix continues to count rewatches for a three, six, and nine month period after mm-hmm. when they are considering renewals. Okay. And that's because kids don't watch film or TV in the way that adults right. do. We we are here because kids don't mm-hmm. watch movies the way that adults do. So they really allow for that gap to be able to quantify whether or not a movie or a show has been successful on the kids' side. Mm -hmm. I guarantee that this movie was numerically. They said, you know, Netflix doesn't always release real Mm -hmm. numbers, but um, in July of 2021, they reported that they had 53 million households had watched it in the first 28 days. That's that's a very high 30-day mm-hmm. number. And again, they'll look at those numbers and never release them because they don't. The, the lack of transparency around Netflix viewing is an industry complaint of longstanding. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee the... 90, 180, whatever reviews or watches for this film were decent Mm -hmm. because it continued to show up in the search, right? Mm -hmm. When you put in, you don't even have to put in the, the, Mm -hmm. just am (laughs) I was more than enough for this to become the first right. search item for me today. Yeah. So. Um, whatever. So I will say that, like, you know how Netflix lists, like, their top movies, whatever, is one of the sections. Um, I'm trying to think of how they do it on the kids' interface. But they have, like, four, I think it's four things highlighted at the top. My son is obsessed with what that four is going to be each week. 
it's like a thing that he loves to know and then he is like super interested in whatever it is so like they know how to market him (laughs) they got him they got him (laughs) well and i think that that's interesting and probably accurate i mean when we talk about the trends of film for children they are very likely using the metrics of what is popular plus trying to surface new things and so i mean because netflix will surface old things all of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was a period of time where my middle kid, who was, I don't know, nine, ten at the time, was just obsessed with the old Garfield show. Mine, too! <laughs> And that was because it was yeah. a Netflix yep. suggestion. Ugh, it's a terrible show. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And also, it's very nostalgic for me, the parent. Yeah. And there was some great appreciation when he would come up to me and tell me the barnyard puns <laughs> from, right? Yeah. Like generationally that's that's something that you can't beat when your kids actually really like your old cartoons yeah and that's netflix's algorithm surfacing Mm -hmm. of all things the garfield show (laughs) so um something we didn't talk about is how uh katie is LGBTQ, mm-hmm. but it's, like, not a plot point. No, queer, I don't, She's dating I personally a girl don't at the care end of the for movie. that word, but, yes, yeah, she is dating a girl at the end of the movie, so that's what And that was a conscious way uh-huh. to present it by uh-huh. the filmmakers. And also completely not a relevant mm-hmm. plot point in any way. Just very mm-hmm. much a character afterthought. Oh, by the way, Katie's gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like, I don't know, that's... I really it, appreciated it. That's yes. an important step mm-hmm. in like the way things are represented. Agreed. I absolutely agree. It was not... It was not... In, in, in a movie about familial conflict, mm-hmm. it was not ever mm-hmm. a source of familial mm-hmm. conflict it was just accepted as a matter of course mm-hmm. and i feel death. like i don't know i mean i'm just i'm just pulling this out of my butt but i feel like that's important because when you don't make it a big deal and people see it as not a big deal then maybe it goes a little further in not making it a big deal well i mean the reason we're here after all these years together, Sarah, is because that we believe that media ultimately has mm-hmm. a great impact on how culture is shaped. Mm-hmm. And the movies our kids are watching shapes their culture as mm-hmm. children and then as adults. Yep. For them to watch a film 
where the main character is gay and nobody cares mm-hmm. is absolutely a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. We got my son um, a gizmo watch. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know what that is. It's yes. a watch that like is on the Verizon network. It's like the first baby step towards a cell phone. Okay. It's like a like hundred dollars. It's like you know, pretty low okay. stakes. Like this is your responsibility, and this is a thing we're giving you a responsibility. No, for. I I need you to understand when you said Gizmo, you, you thought, do know yeah, what I no, thought. I know of. what you thought. I know. <laughs> Gremlins. Uh, Gremlins. Gizmo. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> so now, so it's is it? Green? So he's calling me. Oh, on his gizmo watch, he's calling you. All right, Um, we did not talk about the soundtrack on this movie. Um, It's Mark Mothersbaugh, who, if you're going to have a cartoon, and it's not a Disney movie, you better have Mark Mothersbaugh doing the soundtrack. (laughs) Let's see... Most famously from Devo. Oh yeah, yeah. And the Rugrats. I, like that—that—that's the credit that's relevant here, <laughs> not the Devo credit. No, no. Although Rugrats. Rugrats. I don't have a whole lot else because, as usual, when we do one of the movies that we actually really, really enjoy, we don't there's, have anything to there's so much less to talk about. Yeah. So much less to talk about. And like I do feel like when we do talk about Encanto, we're going to talk about this movie a lot in that episode, too. Because <laughs> I can't help but compare them. No. They are very much about family, both of mm-hmm. these movies. And and I am... I am deeply disturbed by the fact that that when Encanto won, it said this was the better family. And I know that's not what it says, but that's mm-hmm. that's what I infer. Mm-hmm. Hollywood presumes that this is the better story of family. Mm-hmm. Or just everybody automatically gives it to Disney. Which is a thing. Which has always about. been a thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and let's be real. The soundtrack for Encanto is exceptional. Mm-hmm. I listen to it without watching the movie. Same as I do with the Moana soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Because Lynn writes a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. He, he does. I listen to those two in rotation just as much as Hamilton, probably more, if I'm being very honest, because I write better with the instrumental stuff, mm-hmm. and I get distracted with Hamilton and sing a lot, so, like, <laughs> so I go for the inter- instrumentals, probably means I listen to them more. Mm-hmm. It's good music. Good music, good acting does not necessarily make for the better movie. And certainly not the better story. And I... Yeah, we got a lot to say about that one in particular. So please do join us next time when we (laughs) rip apart the film Encanto. In the meantime, 
Um, there was not a lot of actual songs in this movie, but it was scored well. How, mm-hmm. Was there enough songs for Sarah? I don't even remember the music being a part of the movie, really. Which just means that it had a normal soundtrack. It wasn't, right. like, a movie with music. The only ones that's notable to me is when the two of them are singing the <laughs> yeah. yodel song. Yeah. On My Way? Is yeah. That it? I is think that the name of the song? I, I know. That's... I mean, we, know, we all know the song. We know the song. It's you the yodel song. You can't have been on the internet... <laughs> In the right. last 20 years and not have known that and, and And missed it completely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. <sighs> However, I, I did not... What I, I also liked that I didn't feel like there was any manufactured sentimentality. Which yeah. Which I'm going to be complaining about a lot in the next episode. Mm-hmm. This was not, this movie was genuinely touching to me on a deep, deep level. And there were a couple of places where I really mourned the fact that I didn't have this relationship with my own father. Mm-hmm. But it never made me, like, cry, cry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same. Literally same. <laughs> Which is, and, and that's interesting for two people who have not great mm-hmm relationships with their fathers that had they wanted to at any point in time push that button they definitely could have yeah totally could have but they never went that way and i really i I deeply respect this movie for the story Mm -hmm. that it did tell without veering into overt sentimentality yep um, what age for this one? Because, like I said, even the five-year-old has liked this movie. Yeah. I don't think it's an inappropriate movie for no. a younger and I think crew. It's bright and has a lot of action, which right. is important for like when they're younger. Like Pal is amazing. Yeah. Every time Pal comes on the screen, the five-year-old is laughing. Like, right. and then what's Munchie the dog? Oh man, the dog. The dog is amazing. <laughs> yeah. We'll never uh, we'll never get tired of that dog. Right. I and don't buy pugs. Pugs are cruel and they can't breathe. They can't breathe and slowly <laughs> don't suffocate. Don't ever take to one death. in an airplane cuz right. they will not survive. I feel bad for pugs as a breed, but that dog in this film yeah, was perfect. Yeah. The eye thing, damn. It was just so good. It was. It was so, so good. Okay, having said all of that, <clears throat> I don't know that I could watch it a billion times over. And mm-hmm. you have expressed <laughs> that it got old. Yeah, I would give this, I mean, so ratings-wise with that, I think I would give it a nine. Because I out can't. Out of five. Oh. We're out of five. Four and a half. Sorry. I don't know what I'm thinking. Four and a half. Okay. <laughs> she gave it a nine out of five, <laughs> but four and a half. Yeah. And, and right, like, it's, it's a solid four and a half because I loved this movie. 
And also, I'm pretty sure by the 30th viewing, I would be ready to stab this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it was a true musical, that would probably make it more rewatchable for me. And, and ultimately, I think that is the difference between mm -hmm. this and Encanto, because as terrible as I think that movie is, mm -hmm. it's totally really rewatchable. And, mm -hmm. and not just, and not just because of the soundtrack, the movie, the colors, the whole thing carries itself in such a way that it is absolutely, you can throw that on for mm -hmm. younger kids, watch it all day long and be okay with it, mm -hmm. which is wild, but mm -hmm. factually accurate. So we'll see what we score that, all told, in the next episode, I guess. <laughs> all right, y'all. This has been fun. I hope that you watch this movie. If you have not seen it prior to listening to us talk about it, please do. Do yourself yes. a favor and watch this film. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, really so, so good. And we will see you next time. You can find us at Latchkey Movies on Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to call us, that number is 402-885-4875. And you can find us on our website, latchkeymovies.com. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.